0: Listener production. On today's edition of Footy Talk, we're joined by Nick Rewalt and we're going to chat the Pies' demise and how they can rediscover their best footy in time to win a flag, Dangerfield and the Commission. And I'm going to ask Rui a question. Did he ever seriously consider leaving the Saints? An answer that will be interesting to find out. That's all up next on Footy Talk. This is Footy Talk, where you get your daily dose of footy news and analysis from around the world. And joined by Nick Rewalt, as I am every Tuesday. Hello, Rue. Hello, bud. How are you doing? Yes, going well, thank you. It's uh, heating up over here, not necessarily literally, but more in regards to the footy world, the finals. And it's, gee, it's sort of almost flipped on its head a little bit in the last few weeks, just when we thought the top four was set and there was a bit of daylight between them and the rest, all of a sudden, the uh, the Palatine is closing in on the on the lead pack. And, I mean, Carlton are probably the hottest team in the competition. We're still waiting to get Husey on and get his update uh, about uh, what he was telling us about eight weeks ago when they were filthy. But they're coming. There are some other teams in, in good form. And the teams at the top of the ladder are just spluttering and faltering at the wrong time of the year. So there's plenty going on.
1: Carlton no are more than coming. You dropped a bomb the other night. You said they're going to do a Richmond 2017
0: No, I think that they can go – I think they can get to a prelim. I think the way that it might pan out. As I said, they're the hottest team in the competition right now. They've won seven straight. They've beaten Collingwood. They've beaten Port Adelaide. Fremantle in Perth, which is no easy task. We've seen that in recent weeks. I just think that they're built for finals. I think they play a brand. They've got the personnel. And I was basically saying on Sunday night what they've been through the last 18 months, missing finals last year, the heartbreak, uh, the period over the the middle of the year, I think it's just going to make them tougher. I think it's built some resilience and some character around this group. And and I think that they can go deep.
1: What have you seen that makes you think that that'll stand them in, in better stead than it will spook them? Come first week of finals. What, what have you seen from them that makes you think that they've built that resilience?
0: Oh, I think that there's now no reliance specifically on individuals. So I don't think that it was always you know Charlie Kernow or Paddy Cripps had to do it and bust. I think now they're they're leaning on each other more. It's an even spread. That mm. was the most impressive thing about the win on the weekend. I think they understand now that it's built off pressure and defence which we know is the key and I think that's sunk in they've seen the results from doing that and that's been a big focus so I think that that will continue on through the finals and the offence flows off the back of that Um, and I've always liked their leadership I've always loved the approach of Cripps and and Voss and the way they play the way they present themselves and I think finally the rest of the group have jumped on board and yeah I'm I'm pretty bullish on on the Blues and, and how far they can go can they get to a grand final we know it's going to be hard from outside the top four but you know if a team is capable a team that's won Seven on the trot, mm. and got uh, you know some some winnable games to finish the year. They'll be coming in in as good a form as any team in the top eight. So keep your eyes out.
1: It's good that it's happened because, as you said, the, a few weeks ago, you go back and, and the, look, the top four looked just a class above really the top two and then the next two and then there was a a really big gap of the also rans. but it makes for a really exciting last what are we six or seven weeks of the season where that that gap is closing as you said so if you had to pick one now so it's been Collingwood and Gee, we've, we've been strong on them for a long, long time. But if you had to pick one now, who, who would you hitch your wagon to?
0: No, I'm hitching my wagon to Melbourne. And I've, I've been bullish on them all year. I think that they are timing their run perfectly. So they are also in really good form. Their only issue, as we spoke about through the middle part of the year, was their offense, was their ball movement and their flow. They've found that. The rest of their game, the contest and pressure and defense stuff has always stacked up. I think they learned a lot from last year. Remember last year they were 10 and zip, they were flying, they mm. were humming, couldn't sustain it. And as the year went on, they sort of their, their profile and their, their game style just dropped away slightly and then come finals time, it was too hard to rediscover it. And they got knocked out, bundled out pretty easily in a prelim. So uh, I think for me, Melbourne are the ones coming at the right time. And it leads to then a chat about Collingwood. Yeah,
1: well, that's it. So they're the new. If they're the new number one seeds, they they're replacing Collingwood as the number one, the nominal number one seed. Let, let's be honest. I've had a, a, a bit of a. Uh, a rotten run of luck the last couple of weeks with some injuries, but you called this, Joey, you, you called this, what was it, maybe a month ago yeah. where you said, yeah, they're, they're on top and they're, they're playing some good footy, but it's, it's just not sustainable. And since then, they've gone, what, Melbourne, Adelaide, Port Adelaide, and they've, they've been found out against some of the better teams.
0: Yeah, the Pies fans all came for me when when I said that, but there was, there was evidence that this was coming, and I was ahead of it a little bit because I was doing a deep dive before the Port Adelaide game, and their numbers that was holding them in really good stead at the start of the year were dropping away. So their first 10 weeks of the year were awesome. They were by far the best team in the competition, and it was off the back of the outnumber around the contest and the ground ball, and then they were just overwhelm teams with that facet of the game. And as the year gone on, that's dropped away. And they were playing a lot of the game in their defensive half. So it started in the Melbourne game. They were dominated. Uh, Melbourne inaccurately, kicked inaccurately, which, which cost them winning by more. Then Adelaide should have beaten them at the MCG a couple of weeks later. Same thing, though. Adelaide were inaccurate and Collingwood found a way to win. And then Port Adelaide dominated them, really. So if you want to look at Collingwood's form, they've probably been outplayed in five of their last eight games now off the back of two losses. And their their contested ball numbers have been a massive issue. So it's put their defence under pressure and it's put their offence under pressure because they've had to move the ball from the back half. And when it worked and we saw games against Gold Coast and Freeman, it looked amazing. But my view is, well, when you do that against the good teams in finals, it's hard to move the ball, as you know, really, against the best team defences in the competition. And we've seen that now in recent weeks. So it was always on the radar. um, Everyone else has caught up to it now and onto it. And now the blow about Nick Dacos and Nathan Murphy, who I know you really rate as well, that's just going to make it even even tougher.
1: Yeah, so you think – if they can get that contested part of their game back, that, that there's still a chance. I mean, I've yeah. heard some people that are, that are saying, no, that's it, we don't think they can win. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not in that camp. I, I think still within that group, there's a, there are some intangibles within that group, we know. They're, they're a special group. They play with a the spirit. They never think they're out of it. So they're not looking at... This is the one, one um, thing I, I think they've really got going for them. They don't look at a Nick Dacos injury and think, oh, we're done. Like, like a lot of people are sort of saying that you know they've been in so many holes this group and found a way to dig themselves out. That I'm sure that would be the 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 speak within the group is that hey, we, you know, we're not defined by one player and they might get him back as well. So uh, I'm still confident that if they can just you know, fix a few parts of their game. They've still got time to do that in the lead up to the finals, that they're going to be right there, Collingwood.
0: Yeah, 100%. I agree. They can turn it around. Uh, they're, they're going to have to do it pretty quickly because history says you need to be playing your best football in the final month of the home and away season. But you're right. I have some belief they can turn it around. They'll still be at least in a prelim for me. Finishing top two, it'd be very, very rare that they'll miss out on playing in a prelim. But to win a prelim or grand final, they'll need to find their best. So that contested ball stuff, I think they need to rejig their team a little. A little bit um so now no Nick Dacos has opened the door and there are some players that just haven't been playing their best and there's been a bit of talk about the forwards like Brody Mychek and you know Ash Johnson Mason Cox got dropped in recent weeks but again for me that's been off the back of not playing the game having to try and move the ball from their back half to the forward line it puts the forwards under yep. pressure I'm looking fairly and squarely at some of their mids and a couple of defenders so Tom Mitchell and Taylor Adams for me now are the two that have to step up they have to get back to being their ball winning absolute best
1: yeah when your contest is an issue, you go to your contested ball base, and we know Tom Mitchell—you know—he can—he can—he um, can find the footy like no one else, and Taylor Adams your bull inside. Yep. So you, you're absolutely right. You go—you go to your leaders, you go to your contest players. You know they—they they set it up. They—they they get the the game on your terms at least from a field position point of view, which we know has been a bit of an issue for them.
0: And the other one I'm going to put it on Jack Crisp. I reckon he's the one. The last two Copeland trophies. He's the back-to-back best and fairest. He's missed out on his, sort of his spot in the midfield now with Nick Dacos going in there and Dagoe, et cetera. But I want Jack Crisp to play in the midfield, use his leg speed, his power run, and replace Nick Dacos for the next few weeks and get back to his best. And uh, And I think that they can turn it around. It's a big game against Geelong this weekend, but uh, they've got some work to do, but we've still got faith in them. So looking forward to seeing the Pies' resurgence. Hey, just a bit of other news that caught my attention last night, Really? Some chat about Patrick Dangerfield has been approached by the AFL for a commission role while he's still playing. Mm. What's your take on that? Because just to give you an idea, the AFL commission's role includes things like rules of the game, uh, club finances, um, contentious sort of player payments and any contentious issues that other clubs have to face. Could you see a world where a current day player would be on the commission?
1: No, I I can't, particularly one that's the uh, current president of the AFL Players Association. I think that's just too big a conflict. Maybe if he stepped away from that role, but still, no, I I think there are – there are enough good players, uh, past players out there that have got uh, you know board experience that have ha- had um, you know wonderful careers that would be in really good positions to be able to contribute to the commission without having to to go to a, a current player that's got enough to worry about and and would be every time the AFL made a ruling, I think if you're a current player, you open yourself up to the wrath of the other 17 clubs if it's a decision that doesn't you know, fall in line with the fortunes of, of, of those fans, football clubs. So, yeah, look, I'm, I'm not sure whether it's an approach that uh, has actually happened or whether Patrick would consider it, but I think, the, yeah, the fact that he's on the, the board of the PA rules him out for a start.
0: Yeah, I tend to agree with you. Just keep an eye on the name, Matt DeBoer, who uh, played at Fremantle and the Giants. Uh, Stevie J dropped his very name on the Sunday rub.
1: entrepreneur he's too. He's been doing very yeah. well
0: outside of footy. He was a...
1: set up a nice little venture capital fund, yep. Matty DeBoer. He
0: was a board member Ooh, at the AFLPA as well. Clever. Very clever man. So just keep an eye out for that name as someone a bit more relevant. Hey, have you had a quick look at the round twenty-four fixture. What are your thoughts about not having overlapping games on Sunday? It's on. A, it's amazing they've waited till round twenty-four when this final spots up to grab to realise. Oh yeah, we don't have to overlap games. We can actually play them back to back to back. That actually might be a good idea.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm not going to criticise them for pulling the lever. Um, I guess all you can say is a, a, about time. You know. Um, ramifications clearly play a play a part in that, and that the majority of those games are actually going to be live and, and worth watching. I understand it when um, you know, its teams get hidden on the on the lunchtime Sunday or the twilight Sunday or or whatever it is just because there's not that interest factor but yeah hopefully this is a bit of a test case or a proof of concept that 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 it can work in the future and we we don't need to cannibalize our own game
0: yeah no looking forward to it and that's a couple of weeks away but it's going to set up there's going to be so many machinations coming into the final week we will get to that soon hey we will take a break we want to get into real talk shit talk but if you are listening to footy talk and you're listening on apple please leave us a review Or fire us a question because we have a couple of questions coming your way after this, Rui, on Footy Talk. You're listening to Footy Talk. If you do have a question for us, hit us up on Instagram or on TikTok. Tomorrow, Daisy Thomas will be with Nathan Broad and Jaden Short. So looking forward to that edition. But let's get into Real Talk, Shit Talk. Rui, first one for you. The 12-month suspension for the player that touched Marlon Pickett on the back is appropriate.
1: Real, real talk. I think you've got to send a message. I don't think it's the sort of thing where we want to ban someone for life. Um, I think you want to leave a little bit of scope there for some of the more serious things that we we see um, from football crowds and from football supporters, whether that be in venue or on social media or whatever. So, yeah, I, I think you've got to stamp it out. We don't want it. Um, you know, we do love player and fan interaction. I mean, the time that James Heard ran to the crowd and gave a fan a hug, that will go down as one of the best moments that you can see on a football field. But when it's not solicited by the player, yeah, we we, uh, we, we don't want it. So yeah, I think a ban was appropriate. Um, one for you, Joey. Um, is Brian Myers, the goal assist king, is he Geelong's best player?
0: No, that's shit talk, Rui. Really. I think Jeremy Cameron and Tom Stewart would still have something to say about that. But what he is, he's almost their most important offensively at the moment. Gee, you
1: set me up there. And didn't I would you? be
0: putting, I would be putting a lot of work into him if I'm the opposition. I'd almost be tagging Brian Myers. I wouldn't be letting him roam up from that half forward, up the ground, and setting up goals. He had five goal assists against Port Adelaide. He's going to break the goal assist record. I would be putting a lot more attention on him, almost having a lockdown defender. Go with Brian Myers, good one. Hey, the AFL should be flat as attack that Crowded House have just pulled out on them performing grand final day.
1: Yeah, I think they will be flat, and they, um, you know, they probably only need to look at the Victorian government. You know, we used to be the home of events and um, sport and major events, and um, you know, you reap what you sow. <laughs> so, Crowded House looked at it and they thought, Meh, Melbourne, you know, not really the, the uh, lure it once had, so we're out. Black. Flattening, though, because I love Crowded House. Um, you know. Don't dream it's over. That was our year twelve yeah, celebration song. Would it be song, a bit so flat
0: having Crowded House before? We need a bit more energy, don't we? No,
1: nah, they've got some. They've got up, some. some a ones. couple of up yeah, ones. Okay. Uh, yeah, they've got some up and about ones. They could. Uh, they could make it work. Um, Joey, what about you? So we know Harley Reid. Uh, he's a star. He played in the VFL for the Bombers on the weekend and looked every bit the ready-made AFL player. Did West Coast intentionally lose that game on the weekend to make sure they secured the number one pick.
0: No, you're being mischievous today, really. Again, that's shit talk. They didn't intentionally lose. But gee whiz, I was calling that game thinking, what's more... What's more important here at the end of the game, getting four points but losing Harley Reed? Like, gee, it's a it yeah. would have been a big price to pay for winning, but I don't think they did. I think they tried to win. They had a crack at it. The players don't care about Harley Reed; they, they are caring about um, singing the song after the game. But interestingly, Adam Simpson didn't drop a man behind the ball late in the game. They just stayed one on one, and they couldn't hold on. But I think they will be happy that they do get Harley Reed next year. Hey, you want to get onto a couple of questions because some fans are uh, being texting in on the. Instagram first one uh, This is from Jess on Instagram Joey said last week that he spoke to the Kangaroos in Essendon while he was still playing Did Rui ever meet with any other Clubs and seriously consider leaving
1: uh, Didn't meet with other clubs. Uh, when the Gold Coast came in, uh, there were a couple of conversations that, that took place I wasn't a part of. I did meet with Eddie Maguire in 2013. Um, went to catch up with him uh, under the guise of, you know, just talking about my future and what I was going to do after footy and then Eddie lay it on me nice and thick to, uh, to come to Collingwood, um, which was very, very flattering. Um, and, you know, it did give me sort of a little bit of a, a moment to, pause um, but yeah never never really seriously consider it but no I had the conversation with Eddie about uh, about getting across to the pies over a couple of Peronis.
0: actually this is one for me Jay Clark went with it on Sunday rub that you considered going to Richmond after you got sacked from well I shouldn't say sacked from St Kilda when you retire was that because he asked me and I was like I don't really think so I don't think it was too serious about Richmond
1: well, what what happened was at was at uh, my cousin Jack's wedding, the the summer after I um, finished playing for the Saints, and I was I was with Alex Rance, That's and right. we. Um, we were on the dance floor and we were carrying on and we were doing all that sort of stuff at the reception. And they played Richmond late in the year and I did a bit of a number on Rancy. And Rancy was like, mate, why would you finish playing? You yeah. still got it. And I said, you know what? You're right. Let's get the Richmond recruiting bloke on the phone. So we rang him up and we left about a six-minute message <laughs> on his answering machine talking about why I should come back and play for the Tigers, um, yeah. which would have been fun. But um, he, uh, I left my number and he, uh, he didn't return
0: yeah. my call. So <laughs> hey, love, very good. Hey, this one's from Anthony on Instagram. Too, and this is a lot of people, even on the street, and uh, even my friends ask me, what does life look like for Rui in the US? What Tell us a bit more about what your day-to-day week looks like and the work you're doing, again, for those that are still trying to keep up with what the big Rui's doing.
1: Uh, I get up in the morning, Joey, I look out the window, see what the cattle are doing, I chuck my hat on, and um, get on the horse, <laughs> and go out and just, you know, get to work on the farm. You talk, do, you talk the, shit,
0: you talk shit. All right, that's, is that how you're going to answer that?
1: No, no, just um, working for a uh, business that I've been involved with for a long no- time now called PMY Group. So it's, uh, it originated in Melbourne. Um, Paul Yeomans, who used to work for Flying Start back in the day, who started this, and it's it's grown. Um, you know, pretty pretty exponentially over the, over the last few years. So we are a technology solutions company. We transform venues and events essentially in the sports and entertainment um, vertical through technology. So everything from advisory through detailed technology design, procurement, deployment, managed services, commercialisation, um, data solutions for, for predominantly sports, venues and events. So I'm over here um, working with a, a bunch of our strategic partners, um, you know, spend a lot of my time at Sporting State Stadiums and events, show. It's right. pretty good.
0: You still lost me on that. Still got no idea what you do. But thank you for explaining that. Great to see you again. Rui. Really, you're looking great. And uh, remember, tomorrow, Daisy Thomas with Nathan Broad and Jaden Short. We'll be back next Tuesday to do it all again.
1: Listener.